I just happen to be driven. I think I'm really blessed because my father, he always said, if you want it bad enough and you're willing to put in the effort, you can be anything you want in life. Mm. Today's guest is a multiple seven-figure business owner and cumulatively have now made over $156 million US, Mr. Warren Lance. Every time I talk to Warren, there's something you can learn about just a way of thinking. And I think if you look at successful business people, regardless of the profession, you know, they're driven. Why does network marketing get such a bad rap? Delayed gratification. In today's day and age, I mean, we all want it now. You gotta be prepared to, you know, put in the effort. It is called network marketing. Yeah. You gotta put in the work. And so many people actually view it as a Welcome to the Dream Out Loud family, where young entrepreneurs come to learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan T. Nelson, a former carpenter who created financial freedom by the age of 23 and have since spent my time traveling around the world living my dream life, inspiring, educating, and teaching other young people how they can do the same. Each and every week, I'll bring you the most epic guests who are going to share their stories, wisdom, tips and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by design. Here at Dream Out Loud, we're committed to helping inspire and educate you to be able to execute your full potential. All right, guys, today's guest is a multiple seven-figure business owner, international speaker, and is one of the highest income earners in the network marketing industry. Coming from a background in the clothing industry, once running a major company in North America and having it crash down in just two years, he built himself back up and was able to start a new business in an industry he knew nothing about just because of his sheer desire to succeed and never give up attitude. So please help me welcome the guy who went from washing windows at 12 years old to now a multiple seven-figure business owner, having helped 47 people also become millionaires and accumulatively have now made over, him and his team, over $156 million US. My dear friend, all the way from Canada, (laughs) Mr. Warren Lance. How are you doing, Morgan? Great to be here, my friend. It's been a while. It has been a long time. It's been since COVID. Yeah, that craziness, right? When the world was turned upside down. That was absolutely wild. How's, how have, because we, we were talking a bit before we started this podcast and I already kind of know a bit of a direction it's going, but I haven't even asked you this. It's been three or something years since COVID and I know you guys were here in Australia when it all like, everything was just, when your country was getting, yeah, exactly. And, and I remember you guys like, what? And everyone's kind of like, what's going on? How has life and business been for you in the last three years? Because I'm sure I know heaps of people have been affected in multiple different ways. How have it been for you guys and how have you evolved and adapted to what happened? The the profession of network marketing or direct sales, I mean, has been just beat up in the last three years. There's no question about it. I know many industry leaders from other companies and so many of them are down, significantly down. And I mean, it's it's tough, right? It's really tough because the glue of the network marketing profession is really bringing people together. It, it's breaking bread. It's hanging out. It's having fun, right? I mean, you used yeah. to be involved in the industry. We're talking about an event coming up this weekend. 
and you're going, man, I just want to come for the party and hang out with all the people because it's such a great time. Yeah. And when that got taken away, yeah, super grateful for Zooms, right? At least you were able to communicate, see people, but it wasn't the same thing. I mean, it was a fantastic alternative, but the profession's been beat up. It really yeah. has. But things are things are now starting to climb. Events are starting to happen. A buddy of mine just did an event in Montreal, Canada, and had from his team over 300 people show up. So people are starting to open up and be willing to come back together. Have you guys learned anything in terms of like, because yeah, I did my marketing for like eight years or something. And it's really an events business. Like you're growing your business, you're growing a community through events. And then obviously- Events build belief. You yeah, know that. 100%. And, and the COVID stopped all that. What was the biggest thing you guys learned through that period? Because I'm sure no one ever probably ever would have predicted that. I'd be like, how would we ever grow this if we couldn't run in-person events? How did you guys like adapt to all that? And what, what was the main attitude you had? Because I'm sure like you, you've been this the, long The time. individuals that um, have adapted and actually grew during that period of time were the ones that um, were either brand new and didn't know to drive through events. So they just went out and did it anyways, right? Had meetings, did their own thing, and they did well. I mean, it's no different than Tristan coming off of the tail end of COVID. He started building during COVID and did just fine. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of us have been in the industry for a while. We have an events that we know are a mindset that events build belief, events get people there. Like you get them to a, an event and all of a sudden they're fired up and, and they're willing to, you know, give it a go, mm. right? But without it, what's ended up happening is these individuals have still pulled people together. I mean, some organizations that are stronger in Texas and Florida where they never really shut down, yeah. you know, those teams or those pods of teams were actually still doing okay. That's really interesting. So talk to us about network marketing. How long have you been in it for now? Uh, network marketing coming up to this May, 19 years. Thank God. <laughs> so someone who, so you and your team, right? So you and a cumulative of your team, how, how much have you guys, not your team, but your organization, what have you done cumulatively now? You've earned. My earnings, um, the company I happen to be with, I think has a very uh, distributor friendly compensation plan. Uh, it's funny. Um, I have an acquaintance from another company, one of the top money earners there, and this individual's after me to join him. And he goes, Warren, I've made over $30 million. What have you earned? I'm going, about 14. He goes, USD, right? Yeah. Yeah. About 14 million. And he's going, I've earned in almost the same time, 30 million, way double what you've earned. And he goes, and my millionaires on my team have made 40 million. And I'm thinking, your millionaires have made 40, okay? These millionaires on my team that I helped co-create have pulled down, there's 47 of them, and they've pulled down in excess of 156 million, which has a more distributor-friendly compensation plan. I'm making great money for me. Mm. It's about helping more people get where I am. I'm good. I'm good. I've done other investments with the 14 million. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting to think about that. And but then also converted to Aussie dollars, we're talking over over probably twenty million now. So that's on average well over a million dollars a year since you've been doing it. 
and we were just talking before it's like compared to your last businesses you're you're working like a four out of ten where before you're doing 12 out of 10s <laughs> but we'll get to that we'll get to that but why do you think given that someone like you you know 14 million us dollars your team 156 million dollars just the millionaires there's like over 600,000 oh. people on my team right yes That's just yes. those 47 people that's not my entire team okay so just so just out of 47 plus you guys so 48 people organizations have made over 157 that's a shitload so why does network marketing get such a bad rap that that's a great question morgan and i would say uh the reason for that is delayed gratification in today's day and age i mean we all want it now right like like whatever it is people people aren't willing to you know put in the effort to get rewarded six months, 12 months down the road. And initially when you're building the network marketing organization, yeah, there's some upfront money and different things to help you get started. But really it's when you build a team and you have 10 individuals and then it grows to hundred individuals and then it grows to 500 and a thousand. It takes a while to sort of start to build up critical mass where it doesn't feel like you're doing all the work. Initially, when you start your organization, you're a team of one and, you know, I'm the heartbeat. I'm the one doing all the work. And then it starts to grow. What I, I was talking with a friend this week and she's in a different, she's another company, right? And she's telling me, she's like, so when people come on board with us, it's $15,000 to start. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I started my first business at 21 for 500 bucks. And then she goes, but people can pay it off over three years and they're paying about $300 a month for, for uh, you know, three years. And I'm like, that's actually not too bad because people would come in with a business owner mindset now yeah. if they have more skin in the game. And would you agree by saying, like, because I, you know, I, I was financially free at 23. I moved to Mexico because of the work marketing. I'd likely say, like, I'm not involved anymore. I, I you know, then I was the number one income owner in our whole company under 25. And like it, it worked great for me. And, and I, when I had people talking to me, like, like bashing network marketing, you know, like, oh, being the top 1% make money. My response was always, well, it's because the 1% do things differently to the 99%. Here's something to look at. Look at the real estate profession. Yes. Okay. If you take all the real estate agents and you look at the averages, the network marketing, more people do well in network marketing than as a real estate agent. There's a lot of people that are just scraping by being a real estate agent. There's a lot of people in network marketing that are just scraping by. Yeah. But the truth is, I mean, whether it's to become the top real estate agent on the Gold Coast or one of the top network marketers, you got to be prepared to, you know, put in the effort. It is called network marketing. Yeah. You got to put in the work and so many people actually view it as a lottery ticket. Yeah. And I, but I think, I think the big thing is because like what I was saying, like, cause a lot of people, when I first came in, I, I said, if I like this, I'm going to do it until it works for me. Cause I've got no other option. Like I'm going to work as a carpenter. Otherwise I got no other option. I'm just going to do it until, and I sucked ass for years. Like, so like even up until the day I, I consciously said, I'm not in it anymore. I still sucked, but I sucked and still made pretty gangster money. Right? <laughs> and and so that's what I liked about it, but I always had the long vision of it. And that's why I said about my friend the other time, I said, well, it's probably good because you'd, you'd attract people who who are more invested in that and they, and they 
you know, they're actually thinking like a business owner. But I love what you said because you said to me that it's really about the top 1%. And you're not just killing it here. You also had multiple seven-figure business before network marketing. You're killing it here. So really what I think you've become great at doing is learning the skill set and the mindset, the attitude of being in the top 1%. Would you agree? There's certainly a desire, you bet. Yeah. I mean, I can remember meeting the owner of the company like 18 years ago and saying, hey, I'm going to be one of your top money earners. I didn't have a clue about the profession. Yeah. I'd only been in, I think, two months, and I'm going, I'm going to be one of your top guys. I mean, I just happened to be driven. I think I'm really blessed because my father, he always said, if you want it bad enough and you're willing to put in the effort, you can be anything you want in life. Mm. And so I bought into that philosophy. Right? So talk to us about then, right? So for the people that are in the 99% right now, but they may have the desire to be like, I want to make gangster. I want to make a million bucks a year. Really top 1% of, if you're talking income earners, uh, not even in the industry, in Australia, you're really making about 280K a year. Right? That's top 1% of income earners in Australia. I think US is about 380, something like that. That's top 1%. So we're not even talking about a millionaire. And sometimes people think like, I see so many young people, they're like, I've got to make a million. Why? <laughs> like, why? What, what if you could... What if just making 400 grand a year, what if making 200 grand is actually the life you want, but you could do it in a way where you get paid while you sleep or whatever, or you enjoy it, you know, but let's talk about, I want to talk about the 1% because one thing I said to you at breakfast this morning that I love about you is you are like a fucking bulldozer, (laughs) that there's just no stopping Warren. And so what are some key attributes you think have helped you become in the top 1% income earners, not only in your company, but in the whole industry wide? It's, it's, you know, there, there's great books out there, right? Grit, the compound mm-hmm. effect. I mean, it, it, it's, for some reason, I guess I'm, I'm blessed with that tenacity that I'll do whatever it takes. One way or another, I'm going to get it done. And, you know, I, I guess I don't really think about the, the amount of effort going in or whatever it is. I'm just focused in on the end result whatever that goal is. And I'm, as you, I think, said, I'm going to just figure it out. I'm going to do it until. And that was certainly my mindset as well. And I think if you look at successful business people, you know, regardless of the profession, you know, they're driven. I have a dentist buddy of mine in Florida. And what, Jason's 32 years old and built up four clinics. I think he has 64 dental chairs. In, in his thing. And I mean, he's looking at a buyout of about $20 million and he's only wow. 32 years old. But if you look at his drive and determination, I mean, if he has to get to the office early and he has to stay late, guess what? That's what he does. He is just, he's a driven individual and he's, it's not just driven from the standpoint, Morgan, of making money. Okay. He's driven from the standpoint of being of service and helping people. Yes, he gets paid, but I mean, they do the um, on Memorial Day, they do a thing for the veterans and all day that Saturday, his clinics are open and anyone that's a veteran can come in and they'll, they'll do mm. it's teeth extractions. They'll put in crowns, fillings. They'll do whatever for the veterans and it's all on the house. Wow. Right. So he's a place of service. And I think if I reflect on my network marketing career, um, you yourself know, I've been coming down to Australia prior to COVID for 
about eight years straight. And the, the, the organization that I managed to build down here was part of a maxed out organization. I've never been paid a cent on anyone that I've helped in Australia, yet I still come. Why? Because I care about the people. I want to try to, you know, help more individuals get to where I am. And it feels good. Mm. There's, there, there is more than dollar pay, right? There's this intrinsic um, pay that you can earn when you, you know you're making a difference in someone's life. And I mean, you've had the calls, you've been in this industry. Yeah. When, when people are going like, oh my goodness, like I've got my health back. Or we happen to be in the health, I was in the health profession. But it's, it's, it feels good to impact lives. It really yeah. does. And I think that's become my driver. It's more about how many people I can help rather than how much I can earn. And I think that's a pretty common thing. Like I've you know, met a lot of people or interviewed a lot of people that when they've made it or they're making awesome money, their next thing is like, well, how can I help more people get here? You know, and like what our mentors say is like, don't take advice from broke and unhappy people. Because I've met people that make a lot of money, but they're not happy still. Yeah. Right. So, but talk to us about what, like, go back to 2002, you said your first business, everything changed, the market changed. And within two years, your whole business was just blown up. <laughs> I tanked. Talk to us about that. But then I want to, I want to understand your way of thinking and your behavior and how you managed to get yourself out of a million and something debt, was it? Yeah. And then- A million dollars to the bank and over a quarter million on personal Talk credit. to us about that. So the moment where you're like, okay, I mean, this much debt, right? You've, you've made a decision that, okay, this business is gone now, it's done. What happened next? Well, it's interesting. I'll just touch on that. Um, the bank I was dealing with, the Royal Bank of Canada, actually, the individual that was working with me was telling me to go bankrupt. Like, more simplest solution, just go bankrupt. Like, is that it wipes the debt then, doesn't it? Yeah, it wipes so out the debt. But right? it screws you for? Seven years. Eight years, you have a bad credit rating. Yeah. And it was like, like no way. I'm going to figure it out. And truthfully, I probably should have gone bankrupt. It was ego that kept me from going bankrupt. Yeah. So I feel good about that. But it's, um, you know, I was introduced to the profession at, at the low point. I mean, because... In 2002, half the clothing manufacturers in Canada went out of business. And, you know, me being a little bit maybe on the stubborn side, I'll figure out a way. By 2004, I was over a million dollars debt, over a quarter million on personal Trying to cards. bail yourself out, was it? Yeah, well, like, just yeah. trying to do whatever I could to survive, right? Yeah. And finally, when I closed the doors, I mean, it was like, okay, what am I going to do? And they always say... That as one door closes, another one opens. And, you know, I never thought the network marketing profession was going to be that door. I mean, I just had my arm twisted into trying these products. And what happened was they leveraged um, Jack Canfield, the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. We've had uh, Mark Victor Hansen on here as well. Yeah, his business part. Yeah. They leveraged uh, John Gray. We've had him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they leveraged a guy by the name of Bill Mayer, who happens to be one of Oprah Winfrey's personal coaches. Right. And they, this individual, Sherry Lynn, went to me, how would you like to get involved with a company that all three of those guys are involved with? I was like, okay, fine, what do you want me to do? And that's how I got it. Had she not leveraged those individuals that I held in higher regard, never in a million years would have I done it. Which is interesting from a brand perspective. Weren't we talking about this this we're talking about us at breakfast, can't we? I think. I remember somebody this week. 
like when we're associated with someone that has the authority already, right? And, that, right. and that's that's what worked from from a branding point of view. So people were thinking, like, there's so many. Uh, this is why I love you, one, because every time we talk, there's like a million things you can actually. Like, I think I've interviewed you. I don't know how many times, heaps of times, but never on this podcast. Like my old team, I'm like, every time I talk to Warren, there's something you can learn about just a way of thinking or just, there's just a million things. And just then it's like the reason someone of your caliber was got into the industry was because the person leveraged, yeah. hey, we're associated with these big names and exactly. the brand brand association elevates the credibility of, of 100%. Of How do you think we drove the organization? I have an organization in, pardon me, in Australia of over 250,000 people down here. Yeah. And I mean, when we were firing it up, how, what did we do? We leveraged a name. Yeah. You bet. We leveraged Natalie Cook, five-time Olympian and gold medalist. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you got to figure out what people's hot buttons are and present it. What's up, Dream Nation? Have you ever wondered how far ahead your life would have already been if you had got access to this type of content at a younger age? Look, this is why I need your help. I'm trying to build the number one personal development platform out there to teach you guys the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live your dream life and to bring the type of education that we all wish we had in school. This show only grows by word of mouth and new subscribers, so it would mean the world to me if you could smash that subscribe button right now, leave us a five-star written review or drop a comment below and share this episode with a friend I would be forever grateful. All right, now let's get back into this episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what what happened next? What happened? So you, next? you jumped in because so okay, yeah. So this is this is interesting because I, I know a fun it. Story. I, I know it didn't. You're not one of the stories that just oh he got in early. You're not one of the stories that just it happened easily. Like it took me. About what happened it took next. me just to put in perspective a lot of our team members down here, and you know some of them. I mean, they got to millionaire status, earning a million dollars in like two years, some under two years, some three or four. I mean, it took me seven and a half years, right? I mean, of grinding yeah. it out. To and make your first million. Yeah, yeah, seven and a half years to make my first million. Yeah. And then my mentor said, well, that was fantastic, Warren, but now I want to see you get to a million a year. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? But let, let me backtrack because that was really interesting. Um from a business perspective, I knew nothing about this industry. And our company was having a meeting in, um, it'd be like, you're on the Gold Coast flying down to Sydney. It was yeah. about an hour, hour and a half flight to where the meeting was taking place, Calgary, Alberta. So I showed up and the day before, and I'm, I'm there, I checked into the hotel and it's afternoon and I went and grabbed lunch. And as I'm finishing and I paid up, I'm looking across the restaurant and I think I see the owners of the company. I've never met them before, but I think it's the owners of the company. And I actually, there's a table about eight individuals there. And I walk up and I go, excuse me, do you happen to have anything to do with this company? And they went, yes. And I go, you would yeah, happen to I be the it. owners would. <laughs> yeah. And again, Jim looks at me and goes, actually I am. And I go, you know, I'm brand new to your company, I really don't know anything about it other than I, I, I believe your products really work. Um, would you mind if I sit down and join you? Seriously. And I said, but if you're discussing internal politics and that, I get it, no problem. And they said, sit down. So here I am sitting with um, Jim and Kathy Coover, John and Cher Anderson. They had Jimmy Smith there. They had a few other 
other top money earners there and me. And then what happened after a bit, all the ladies got up to go shopping. So now there's myself, uh, Jimmy Smith, who's one of the top money earners. I think he's about a hundred million or something, isn't he? Yeah, over 70 million. 70. Oh, I'm Australian. Yeah. yeah. And he's, uh, and then Jim and John. And after a while, Jim and John got up and left and now I'm there with Jimmy and and Jimmy's asking me all these questions. And you got to remember, I'm at the low point of my life. Okay. I've been beat up, lost my company, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And we're chatting and Jimmy looks at me and he says, Warren, you can do this. I'm like, what do you mean I can do this? And he goes, I've been talking to you for the last hour. He goes, trust me. I know people. You can do this. And... That was priceless because, I mean, one of the big lessons there was he was speaking belief into me mm. and, and in the direct sales profession and in really any business, it is our responsibility to be speaking belief into our team members, right? Whatever your team is. And he did that for me. The other thing that ended up happening was he told me to actually go out and find individuals that understand this profession. And I'm thinking, hey, that's a real good idea. But I mean, I don't know that you had network marketing experience, but you do, right? Like you don't have MLM stamped in your forehead. And it was sort of like, well, where am I going to go find these people? And he goes, go where they hang out. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, go to personal development workshops. And what you're going to find is you're going to grow yourself. You're going to grow. You're going to improve your skills of who you are, but also you're going to meet some real in interesting individuals there. And that's what I did. Well, I just to continue, continue the story. So that's what I did. Right. Um, I went to this generic network marketing event in Orlando, Florida, this mastermind event. And I don't know, there's two or 3,000 people there, Randy Gage there. There's top money earners from Europe training there. And uh, I'm taking in this event and this guy walks onto the stage and starts training. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the guy Jimmy was telling. <laughs> if he just joined my organization, it would change everything. I, I love your way of thinking. You're, you're there to like, and you, you look at the, the guy training the event like, He's the guy where I had so many other people, probably me included, I would have been like, I can't fucking speak to the, that guy. He's that guy. I'm going to talk to these people. Like, that's what I, I love. So how, how did you connect? Yeah, how did you connect with the so, guy running so the freaking event? His name happens to be um, Michael. Mm -hmm. And anyways, um, turns out he was doing a three-day event in Seattle while I live out of, on Vancouver Island in Canada. So how far is that? By flight or drive? Drive. So I take a hour and a half ferry ride, huh. about an hour to the border, another three hours down to Seattle. So it's a good yeah. six hours to get there, but he's doing this three day event. So I show up there and I'm probably one of 400 people, but at that event, he definitely found out who I was. I, I believe I tried to enroll him right there, then and there on the spot. Let me tell you, it did not work, but that began the beginning of, um, you know, a, a friendship and he actually became a mentor to me. And for a period of about five and a half years, every time I was flying someplace, I'd fly out of Seattle, not, over, not out of Nanaimo, not out of Vancouver, 
out of Seattle. So I do a six hour drive in hopes I could have a Starbucks coffee with them on the way to the airport or on the way back to from the airport. Every single flight for how long? Five, Five and a half years. So you drove six hours one way, six hours the other way for a coffee. <laughs> Why do you think most people wouldn't go to that length? Because you obviously knew if you could, well, obviously like, you know, you developed a good friendship with him, he's mentoring you, but you also knew that if it feels to join your organization, everything would change, which it did. But why do you think most people wouldn't go to the lengths of actually putting in that effort? Um, hey, I like people and he was certainly help, helping to grow me as an individual. Um, it was really interesting. At, at one part in the journey, we were doing um, these take action team podcasts and he said that, Warren, there's two ways you can build this. We can build your organization all around you or you can build it all around the team. And he goes, the difference is if it's all around you, you got to be basically on call 24-7 like you're working at. You're running the calls, you're doing all this. If you build it around the team, what happens is you could bugger off for six months. You still get paid. Everything still happens. I'm like, oh, let's build it around the team. And and, and I'll, I'll say that was um, a wise decision. But at times, sometimes when you have these major events going on, it's sort of like, but what about me? Like, like I helped start all this. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, I, I want to help. And, and, and you get it to the point where the team's doing everything, which truly is, is the goal, right? We want to raise people up and, and let them run with it and be their yeah. biggest cheerleader. But, but why, why do you think people don't go through the efforts? Like you've, you, for five and a half years, you drive this distance to go and hope to have a meeting with him. You've time and time it, again. Call it ten- tenacity. It, it's like one, I was building a, a, interesting relationship. I was building a relationship with one of the top industry leaders uh-huh. and just to, to, to create that relationship, it was worth the effort for me. Okay. Two, um, I was growing as an individual. He, as I said, he was mentoring me. I was learning. I, I found the cups, of, like, like the cup of coffee invaluable, right? I mean, I would have paid a hundred dollars, thousand dollars to have that cup of coffee. And, and, and that's a lot of times if, if you're in the profession, you shouldn't really be eating alone, right? There, there's, there's always leaders in your area. And if you're going to go out and grab lunch, like why not buy lunch for one of your industry leaders in your organization or in the company and, and learn from them? Because um, what I've learned is there's many different ways to the top of the mountain. Like some people, traditionally, it's belly to belly. Other people are really leveraging social media. And I'll say... I'll say this about social media. Yes, you can build a network marketing business through social media. However, what I've seen and observed is people use social media as a big net. It's to attract individuals and sort of pull them in. But then they develop the relationship, that one-on-one rapport and relationship with that individual. It's not that it just happens all automatically and you you don't have to get to know these people. So you, yeah, you can build through social media. There's many different ways to build. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, that was part of it. It was really just building the relationship, increasing, I guess, my knowledge, my capacity to help lead my team because not everyone wants to build the same way as I have. Yeah. And so you said it took a mil- uh, seven and a half years to make your first million dollars. 
I'm going to assume that through those seven and a half years, there was lots of times we were like, can I even do this? Of course, there's wall kicking moments. So how do you <laughs> get through? Because I think, you know, and they do say the first five years in any business is always the hardest. How do you get through? How did you get through the days where you're like, this isn't working. I don't want to do this. I'm going to try something else. Da, 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 da. Or even listen to the own internal critic or people around you. How do you overcome that and, and keep going? I don't, I don't think I ever got to the point where, I mean, this isn't working. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There was frustration. It wasn't happening fast enough. I can remember, um, when I was building early on and one of the guys that I enrolled actually like surpassed me within 12 months was earning like double what I was earning. Who and, was like, that? Oh, a guy, another guy by the name of Michael. Right. And anyways, uh, I think when I had those challenging moments, it was one of two things. I'd, I'd reach out to my mentor, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And he always just had a way of, again, speaking that belief into me and just having a conversation. It wasn't me calling him up and going, Hey, Jimmy, I'm in a funk. Okay. It was just calling him up. Hey, how are you doing? And start having a conversation. By the end of the conversation, I'm feeling good. Uh, the other way that I've found that will certainly break, like when you're having a bit of a pity party is, you know, who on your team can you reach out today? Who can you make a difference to right now by picking up the phone and calling Nancy, calling George, calling someone? So and, you 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 did something like a random act of kindness or like a well, not you, so much a random act of kindness. I but I would I would reach out and pour into my team members, and I find that when I'm helping someone and I'm impacting their business, hey, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? And really, again encouraging them, it shifts my mindset. Like it gets me out of the funk and all of a sudden, yeah, I'm feeling good again. Cause when you're making a difference in someone else's life, it's hard to be having a pity party yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've, you said before, so you've invested like half a million dollars or something in the personal development. What, what have been some of the biggest keys? Cause obviously like 20 your, uh, how long do you have your clothing industry for business? 13 years. So 13 years, one business crushing it. And then it's the same as like, you know, Donald Trump was a billionaire, lost all, become a billionaire again. So like, so if you had this successful business one time, then you lost it and you never got successful again, perhaps you could look back and be like, oh, maybe it was a good timing, whatever, but you've done it two times, which tells me there's so many things inside of you of who you are, who you've become that if you were to start a business again tomorrow doing something else, I guarantee you it'd also become an extremely successful business. It's kind of just how you do it. So what's been some of the biggest things you've learned out of investing mm. half a million dollars into yourself that have allowed you to not only become extremely wealthy, but you're one of the happiest people I know and you live a sick life as well. Because <laughs> the personal development is the whole realm of it all, right? So what's been some of the biggest things you've learned that you could share with these oh. people? You know, I... Uh, that's a great, great, great <laughs> question. Um, for me, it's always been about the team. I'm one of these individuals that, you know, for me to start a part podcast company and start doing all this all on my own, uh, no, thank you. Not really excited. But if all of a sudden you say, hey, Warren, let's do it together. Yeah. I'm fired up, right? And and I think the the network marketing profession is really about linking arms with people, um, which 
for me, I can do 10 times more when I'm linking arms with someone. I, we become almost unstoppable. I mean, think of the book, Think and Grow Rich, mm -hmm. right? The power of the mastermind. There's 13 principles in that book. And one of them is the power of the mastermind. When you, when your mind and my mind get together and we start brainstorming, it isn't one plus one makes two. Mm -hmm. It's one plus one, all of a sudden, maybe three or five. And so I, I think one of the things that um, has served me well is really, you know, pulling good people around me or identifying good people. And when you start out in this profession, you know, you're a team of one. And then you're really working with whoever's willing to work with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are. You're, you're, if you're raising your hand, I mean, at this point when you're starting out, if someone has a pulse, you know, like a heartbeat, you're going to take them. And then what happens is as your, your organization starts to grow, you know, some people just want to walk. Some people are willing to jog. And then there's a, a select few that are willing to sprint with you, right? And you're looking for the people that are really willing to run with you. And what I'd say is they don't have to be your own personal sponsor. Normally, like someone that I've sponsored into the organization, you're looking for someone in your team, regardless of depth, that's wanting to run and link arms with those individuals. I mean, that, that's what it's about. Yeah. Why, why do you think it's so important? Why is it so important to continually invest into your own growth? You know, we're, I'm certainly not the smartest, let me tell you, going through school and that, I mean, I had to work to get my grades. It, it, um, investing in yourself because what you learn, you know this yourself, like what's between my two ears, no one can take it away. Yeah. Knock on wood, I never lose, the company never goes out of business or I don't lose my fortune I managed to accumulate, but what's between my ears and the relationships I've created, you're right, I will bounce back. There's no, no question about it. And so by continuing to grow yourself, there's, you never want to get to the point where I know that, mm. right? That's probably a couple of the most dangerous words yeah. in, in the English language. I know that. Those three words can really put you out of business. You got to always be a sponge, be aware. I mean, when I started network marketing, there wasn't social media, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Instagram, right? There wasn't TikTok. I mean, the entire thing switched, right? And, and you know, it's going to switch again. Look at what's happening with AI. Yeah. Right. AI is going to be just a massive disruptor in the world, but I believe no different than with social media, a lot of good's going to come from it. Yeah. Waza, this has been great uh, <laughs> hanging out with you and having a chat. Where can everybody find you on your social media? <laughs> <laughs> now we're laughing. Yeah. You know what? The easiest way is, you know, if you want to message me or find me, it's just Warren Lance on Facebook. Um, that's probably easiest. <laughs> or email. Email does work. You guys are both laughing here in the studio. <laughs> But Warren at takeactiontoday.com. You'll, yeah. you'll find me there as well. Because it's the same thing, Kyle uh, in the crash. Me and him always joke about this. He, like, he's always like, yeah, I'll send you an email. I'm like, Kyle, just fucking message me on Facebook, man. He's like, oh, email, buddy. You got an email. I said, dude, get with us, mate. All right, was, to wrap this up, I've got one final question for you. Shoot. 
If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give him 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? 18-year-old self. Um, you know what? Never give up. If you want something bad enough, you can achieve it. Uh, be prepared to put in the effort. Uh, but be smart about it. Because I had this belief early on, you need to work hard for your money. And I'll tell you, I know so many individuals today that create money with ease. So that's a little bit of a fallacy. If you believe you have to work hard for money, you're going to have to work hard for it. But I'd say work smart and, and be open, be coachable. Look at the individuals out there doing whatever you're doing and, you know, follow their lead. Don't reinvent the wheel. Like if someone has it figured out, the roadmap's there. Follow the roadmap. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story. And make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.